this song was definitely felt like more of a guide or more in tune with the like album title and a clear away spirit world field guide yeah yeah the chorus um is really catchy and he and it's quite direct advice um although questionable advice perhaps but some try to combat any kind of odd force trying to make contact nah let it in then some try to stonewall any kind of woo-woo trying to make a phone call. Nah, let it in. And then- yeah, um, like Very clearly getting into those spooky feelings of spirituality, which some people are just like instinctually distrust that. Like, no, my real life is having a job and a family, like not feeling whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the second verse I'd like to talk about kind of first, because First of all, it's just cool how he goes, ring around the revenant, let it in, and brings the chorus back into the, down into the verse in that way. But the verse as a whole seems to be, I, I suppose, talking about this hypothetical, maybe hypothetical revenant, um, who said he wasn't ready yet. He never left the edge of sketch, and he stuck around for more than a, just a part of trick or flickering fluorescence. And this uh, revenant asks a few questions. Um, to a couple, he says, had a couple still to visit with a million pressing questions, and he lists a few of them, these questions. Uh, and then he has a bit about, I guess, maybe this revenant or himself or some entity floating up into a hospital and kind of freaking the locals out to the point where they hold up crosses. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you think of any of that? The, some of the questions that he's asking were really good. One that I really liked, what are you transversing earth in spite of? And it just speaks to like, there's you can sort of step back and think that everything is fine. But again, if you embrace those weird feelings of spirituality, you can be alarmed at what your reality is. Like what, what is going on here? Like I'm trapped in this meat cage. I have consciousness. I have to like figure all this stuff out and, and not waste it, I think. But I don't know what it is that I'm wasting. Mm-hmm. And um, what are you transversing earth in spite of? Like you're at minimum, we're all transversing earth in spite of that. So it, it definitely spoke to my own spiritual journey. Um, but then, yeah, he, I, I'm not sure what to make. He he has this chaotic life. Aesop does. I'm, I've pictured him in the hospital bed in the, in the end of that verse where he's needs urgent care. He's like looking up at a checkerboard of blurry squares. So he was really out of it. He's coming to in a hospital and he's kind of this at times demonic figure such that you can imagine people holding up crosses. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened to him? What did he do or what happened to him? that people need to like some had religious protection from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he says, I understand the caution. He's sort of responding to these people holding up uh, crosses. I understand the caution, but some of you just want to see the coffin jump, which is interesting because it seems like he's accusing these people who are expressing fear or religious uh, protection want to see the coffin jump. They want something, I guess, after death, or they want some kind of spookiness, which which I suppose does line up. If you have uh, people holding crosses up, they kind of do want some, some kind of unexplained phenomena. They want 
maybe not a coffin to literally jump, but they want some sort of contact with the other side. Uh, I mean, I'm really just thinking aloud here, but it's what occurs to me at the, at the moment, looking at these lyrics. Right, they wanna be there. They didn't have to show up at the hospital, but they're needing protection from something that might be beyond you know, the supernatural, someone coming back from the dead, which you know, is a Christian, like um, a dominant idea there that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So they're there, there to see if perhaps another man rise from the dead but they're holding on to their old faith. Hmm. Yeah. And then he ends the chorus or that, um, that verse with, um, not to mention once you hassle the horde, it doesn't matter how much furniture you stack at the door. Um, I think we had different impressions of that line. Um, I, I saw it as the, once you hassle the spiritual horde, it doesn't matter how much furniture you stack there. Uh, what do you think? Right. I had the opposite. I was picturing visually there's a horde sometimes that are large enough that no matter how much furniture you stack at the door, it you know won't keep them at bay. But hmm. but then I like the furniture, like it's sort of pointless to stack furniture in front of the door to keep the spirit world out, like it's permeating everything. So it's not a physical thing you can bar yourself against. Well, you know, I kind of do like your interpretation a bit more actually because what you what you say applies more generally to hordes the word horde that he uses there seems it feels like it applies more to, to your interpretation that he could be talking about any horde once you hassle any horde if it's a horde it doesn't matter how much furniture you stack at the door hmm. and i think he's talking about these people holding crosses up i'm not entirely sure i mean there's people he's at the hospital he was injured he's perhaps even in a coffin and uh He's like, they haven't even seen, didn't even get to where he coughing blood and talk in tongues. Mm. So these people are in for a ride. <laughs> but then, well, not to mention once you hassle the horde, it doesn't matter how much furniture you stack at the door. So, but is he being wanting to be protected from them? Like, is he, he's incited some kind of religious fervor against him. Right. And he feels like he can't get away from it. Right, or or perhaps he's talking about his horde, some some horde that is maybe on his side, um, the horde maybe of of other entities that are coughing blood and talking in tongues. These maybe other demonic. And th that would actually line up with the I understand the caution, but, um, and then the the idea later it doesn't. I understand the caution, but it doesn't matter how much furniture you stack at the door, after you hassle the horde. So, I mean, yeah, lots of interpretations that. I certainly don't feel certain with any of them, but um, lots to pick at there, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. To what role is Aesop playing? Is he some kind of leader, a spiritual leader? Is he just an individual trying to communicate to other individuals what here's a spirit world field guide? Mm -hmm. I mean, he talks about, there's this one line um, toward the end of verse one says, it's quieter than quiet. If quieter than most, I'm mostly mastering the science of keeping one's composure while the limbic system's lighting up and, you know, being in the world and being calm, despite your instincts being like wanting you to react in some way that feels like a spiritual kind of strength. You know, mm. So he's setting himself up as this dark energy, 
supernatural kind of being, um, what role does he want to play with, with that stature? Right. Yeah. And the first verse um, is definitely has a lot more um, explicit first person references. So you can send your fastest riders. I return the horses lonely. Um, and uh, if quieter than most, I'm mostly mastering the science, etc. cetera. Um, and in the second verse, there might not be a single explicit first person reference. I mean, sometimes the way he phrases things implies it. <clears throat> For example, um, float up into urgent care at checkerboard of blurry squares that definitely gives an image of him or at least a protagonist of some sort arriving in urgent care, uh, seeing the checkerboard of blurry squares, but he's still uh, maybe deliberately it is sort of leaving open the question of where is he in this uh, description? Yeah, it does feel vague. He could be the main actor or he could be watching something happening to someone else. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, and then in verse three, he talks a bit more about, um, very vividly about his meandering path. Um, Hand-drawn hand -drawn map, crossover, crossback. Um, and then he says, tall grass, asphalt, or salt flat. It's all jazz, like an alphabet to Saul Bass. I don't remember what I found for Saul Bass, but I think, I mean, it, it's all just implying a very meandering type of um, uh, journey that, um, if I can pull in threads from his other songs, it doesn't exactly control this journey, but he seems to trust it somehow. and. And that's what he's in some sense fully occupied is this meandering path. So again, some of that's, I think I'm drawing from some of the earlier songs, but that's the image that's appearing to me that he seems to be touching on again here, this meandering um, life journey. And where is he going? He has a hand-drawn map. Presumably he's hand-drawing it as he goes. He's going back and forth and it's all jazz, like wherever, he, whether he's in a salt flat or tall grass, pretty different mm -hmm. environments, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what is he searching for? Yeah. And he says, pack a second teddy bear, I'm headed for the panic, which is a funny thing. You, <laughs> as you're planning for your trip, you get a second teddy bear because you're gonna panic so hard, you're gonna actually need the second teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like not applying the law of diminishing returns, like one, <laughs> heading to a panic and knowing that a, like a teddy bear will be useful in that panic for you from someone else maybe mm -hmm. and then um near the end i just love this uh this bit of he says now his antennas are roaming for radio terra nova so new radio i'm going ksh, ksh, sir i think we got a signal it's fuzzy but they're playing one that wasn't from the hymnal and i really love that uh the image there of, I, I guess I assume it's Aesop himself um, roving, his, he's having his antenna roaming for Radio Terra Nova. He's scanning for, for new signals and then to say, I think we've got a signal and that even though it's fuzzy, they're, they're playing something that wasn't from the hymnal, which is to say not from, a, a hymnal is a book of sort of religious traditional hymns. And so to say that they're playing one that's not from the hymnal is to imply there's something new here. So there's, and there's, that, that image is exciting. You're scanning for radio signals and you get something fuzzy that's not from the hymnals. What's going on there? So just a lovely, intriguing image. The spirit world kind of feels like an alien force. You know, that reminds me of the chorus. 
some try to combat any kind of odd force trying to make contact like make contact reminds me of other beings otherworldly beings aliens or otherwise and so his antenna searching the universe for that yeah he he says it feels like he's trying to you know he's looking for something new searching for it he's rejecting the old answers you know he says in third verse I don't coexist. I don't exist. Even JC miss him with the loaves and loaves and fish. JC, Jesus Christ offering like, you know, food to his followers. Miss me with that. You know, like, I like that term. Like uh, that's not the answer. Like I'm, I'm searching for the aliens over here with my antenna. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think that pretty much covers it for the song. Um, Maybe I could just end by reading the very last two lines just because they're also fun. I'm a faint scent of sulfur. I'm the source of the ooze. I'm security tape of a glowing orb in the room. Sup. So there he's definitely casting himself as a, as a revenant or a spiritual entity of some kind, or at least casting himself as the evidence of it. Yeah. He's the, he's not the glowing orb. In right. the room. He's the he's, security tape right. of the glowing orb in the room. You're right yeah cool all right next up is holy waterfall uh see you guys after the song